Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. Being really honest about who you are and what you don't like, that, that ain't easy. It is not fun to uncover all of the junk in your life. I had the same counselor who told me I had mommy issues told me, you know, uh, what I'm what I'm offering you here is a red pill blue pill. If you take the blue pill, you can go on on meds and you can do some counseling and get back at it and you can look back at this and say, oh, "I was just being a wimp and I, I was going through a hard time, but I'm fine now." Or you can take this other pill and you're going to go down the rabbit hole of what really drives you and what's really going on in your life and you're not going to like what you see and it's going to be more painful than how you feel right now but at the end you're going to be a different person and I took that pill I'm Srini Rao and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Ryan, welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Srini, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it is my pleasure. So I actually came across you and your story by way of our mutual friend, Wes Chapman, who Mm -hmm. uh, was a former guest here. Mm -hmm. And he sent me an email and he said, look, he's like, I've got an amazing interview for you. You have to interview Ryan. I figure, you know, given what Wes was able to bring to the show, if he referred somebody, they would have to be phenomenal. So no pressure at all. Uh, (laughs) All right. I'll be sure to disappoint everyone. Yeah. On that note, can you tell us uh, a bit about yourself, your story, uh, your journey, your background, and how that has led you to everything that you're up to now? Yeah. Sure. So I am, my name is Ryan. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm 28 years old. And I grew up the son of a single mom. Um, my parents split when I was young. My dad was a school teacher for 32 years. And I grew up in a super, super religious home. Um, I'd even call it a fundamentalist religious home. And I don't know what it is about me, but there's some strain in my DNA that says, if most people are doing it, it's probably wrong. So I, in really every area of my life, I think I have just kind of a trend of doing things the opposite of how most people say it has to be done. So my parents are both blue collar. My brother's a cop. My sister-in-law is a nurse and I'm an entrepreneur. And I was an entrepreneur from the age of five. I don't. I, nobody else in my family is an entrepreneur. That's super weird. My family, I think, thinks I repair computers or something. I mean, they, they have no idea what I do for a living. And I, I broke away from my religious upbringing, which nobody else in my family or extended family has done or even considered. So it's kind of really weird for somebody to, to break away from that. It's really weird for somebody to be an, an entrepreneur. Um, my girlfriend and I have uh, a, a six-month-old daughter which is a little bit weird in my family. And so, uh, um, A, because all, my entire family, like all my immediate family members are male. There's no, there's no like female cousins or anything. And second, 
because we're not married and that's kind of weird in our family. So I think that's probably a, a, a trend in a, a lot of creative thinkers is we're kind of different from our upbringing. I don't know what that is DNA wise, but I, I, I kind of broke away from, from all of these places. But I, when, when I was, when I was like 22, I had a place where I, my, my business was starting to fail. A girl I thought I was going to marry and I broke up and I really felt the need to walk away from my religion, meaning I had had this super conservative fundamentalist upbringing and I didn't believe it anymore. And I couldn't honestly continue uh, in any of those routes. I couldn't I couldn't build the businesses the way that I, I had done it. I couldn't follow the religion I had followed for 26 years or for 22 years. And um, I was heartbroken all at the same time. And that's when I really got conscious about creating my life and creating my businesses the way that I do and actually talking about it. Because that was when the idea of freedom became really important to me and getting clear on you know, what do you want out of life and how do you build that and how can you do it differently from everybody else in a way that serves you and serves the world and it doesn't have to be the exact way that everybody else has always said that it has to be. Like what if we could just all do life the way that we best saw fit and that kind of set me on on my path to build the businesses that I've built and live the life that I have. And once I kind of had that realization of I could build life however I wanted, that's really when life opened up for me and my, my life and my career really took off. All right. Uh, lots of stuff here. And I, now I know why Wes referred you. So, you know, what's interesting to me is, is always looking back at uh, the really, really early experiences of somebody's life. Uh, you mentioned that you've been an entrepreneur since you were five. And I really would love to hear about your childhood and the early experiences of your life in more detail uh, and about, you know, certain moments that you think played a significant role in you ultimately ending up where you have. Yeah. As far as the entrepreneur part, I have no idea where that string came from, except I remember when I was five years old and I, for some reason, decided I was going to draw pictures on a piece of notepad, notepad paper and go door to door and try and sell them for a penny each. And that was my first entrepreneurial experience. I was, I was five years old and I made five cents that night. And my, my, my dad provided all the notebook paper and ink. So it was a hundred percent profit. So my, my career got off to a pretty good start, hundred percent profit, zero overhead and expenses. And then at, at seven or eight, my mom bought me this magazine and it was called Zillions. It was a kid's version of Consumer Reports magazine. And it doesn't exist anymore. I don't even think there's much info about them, about that magazine anymore. But there, there it was this article, it was these articles about summer jobs and about they would do like toy reviews and yo-yo reviews and I would digest the thing in 30 minutes. I couldn't wait every other month to get this magazine. And one, one time there was this article about investing in the stock market and I just thought that was fascinating. I didn't know what a stock was but I was eight years old and I'm reading about what, what the stock market is and I start like playing with the stock market. And so that created, I think, a part of the entrepreneurial part of me. So I think 
I think that magazine actually played a big role in my life. I'd also say that just the church upbringing points in my life of, of I really believed the, the fundamentalist religion that I was a part of, and it was an extremely close part of my identity. So I think one of the hardest things I ever went to was went through was in my late teens and early twenties, realizing that you know what I had thought was true most of my life wasn't true, and that just identity crisis, if you will, of if this that that's true, then who I thought I was isn't true. What I thought my role in the world isn't true, and I've got to rebuild life from the start. I have to completely rethink how I think the world works and what my role in it is. That was one of the most painful experiences of my life. Uh, but that wouldn't have happened. And I'm glad it did happen because it sent me out in such a different path. But none of that would have existed had I never been pretty much indoctrinated into certain belief systems that I ultimately thought were true. I was taught the world was 6,000 years old, uh, that we were all going to disappear one day in a rapture and that we needed to start getting ready now and th- these, these were all things that I thought were just totally natural and normal to me. My, when my parents split, that was probably a big, a big part of my childhood that led me to where I was because I felt like I was on my own at that point. And I had to like, carve out what my place in the world was now because I felt completely alone. So I didn't have... A, a familial, a familial structure to to follow anymore. There was, there was just like I, I had to figure it out. I had to figure out what my life was going to look like because I, I felt totally alone. I, I mean, now I know I was supported and loved, but I felt completely alone. Mm-hmm. So those were those are probably some of the most defining ones. Uh, one other, I guess, kind of silly one is when I was in sixth grade, my dad bought me a a. a a typing tutor, uh, computer game that taught me how to type. So I was 12 years old and I was typing a hundred words a minute. So when I went to junior high and took computer classes, I was like this, I was considered the whiz kid cause I typed a hundred words a minute. I really wasn't that much smarter than anybody else. I, I just could type really fast. So my teacher took me aside and started to teach me the, uh, some other things. Like I was going to be bored in typing class. So she taught me programming and HTML, which set my career up because I, I was able to start businesses on the web at a pretty young age. So I'm extremely thankful for, for that teacher kind of recognizing that I thought about things or had a special skill different than everybody else. So those are some of the most impactful times in my, in my young life. Hmm. What's been the impact on your adult life of, uh, having had that religious fundamentalist upbringing as well as uh, having seen your parents split? The religious piece is still kind of in flux. Um, At some point, I'm going to do a TV show or a documentary about it and call it Losing My Religion. But right now, I, I, I kind of feel like I really want there to be truth, but I don't think there is in the sense of I really want there to be an absolute truth and a path and that's that's very ingrained into me as a kid of there's one path and there's one way and there's one route to do it that's correct. There's one way to do everything that is the correct one. And that's a huge 
stifler of creativity. Uh, if there's only one way to do it, and it has to be a certain way, then there's a high failure rate. There's going to be a high, a high percentage of people who get it wrong. Whereas if you can just define things as however they are, then they can be however you want, and none of it's wrong. And that's a lesson that's kind of been hard for me to get. And I think owning a business and you know, having a surprise kid are, are kind of indicators into or, or, or kind of helpful guides to that lesson of there is no getting it wrong. There's just what is. But it's been a difficult one. It's been a difficult lesson to learn and it's been a difficult concept to overcome that there's not just one way. And, and I, I kind of I still want there to be one way. I still, I still want there to be an absolute truth that I can follow. And in terms of my, of my parents' divorce, um, I had a counselor once tell me I had a whole bunch of mom issues. <laughs> I, I don't know that I, I don't know that their relationship. I don't know that I'm conscious enough to know how their relationship has affected me. But um, I had I had a counselor tell me once that probably as a result of that, I was 12 when my parents split. And I was I've been told later that that 12 year old males have the hardest psychological time justifying and, and adapting to divorce. Um, so I don't know that I'm conscious enough to be able to comment on that, except that I probably have some, uh, some warped beliefs as a result of that. Yeah. I really appreciate you, uh, speaking about the idea of, you know, there isn't just one way, because if, if there was one way, we'd all just be creating the same thing over and over, right? There'd be nothing interesting. Right. Right. And it would be a, it'd be like a, a life-altering thing if you broke the pattern, mm-hmm. um, but we're all following different patterns. And if if we can assume that they're all right, or that like there there is no wrong way to do life, for example, then we can just be like there's no room for judgment in that anymore. We can all just be free and respectful of however anybody else chooses to design it, chooses to design their life. Well, I think it's really a distinction between being informed by other people and defined by what you hear from other people. Would you say that again? I think the distinction is, you know, between being informed by other people's perspectives and being defined by them. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's really easy to choose to be defined by them in a world where people are constantly hitting us with the things they're selling and the things they're telling us. Well, one of the things that you know, I, I've kind of become more conscious of lately is, I have a, a a friend, a mentor even, who talks about normalizing certain behaviors. And by that, he what he means is operating and normalizing the things that we want to have. Because by assuming that they're a big deal, then we we work them up in our minds bigger than they have to be. And I think we're all kind of operating at some level of what is normal. And we base our beliefs based on what we perceive as normal. I mean, none of us hold beliefs that we think are weird or that we think are crazy. Otherwise, we wouldn't believe them. But we, we all have these beliefs and, and what we think is normal. And we're all operating on that based on who we hang out with and what's gone into our brain. So I think at some level, we are influenced and informed by our outside influences, our outside surroundings. Mm-hmm. But 
we can change that whenever we want just by getting different inputs. I mean, what is complete? So I, I went to a super Christian, super religious school where I didn't have a drop of alcohol until I was 22, 23 years old. Uh, there was no girls allowed in guys' dorms. There was there there were, were curfew hours. We went to chapel three times a week. So this was all completely normal to me. Now I hear about other people's experiences and that, of what was completely normal to them, and it's completely foreign to me. You know, we weren't even allowed to. There was we were banned from social dancing at at our school. We used to joke that you know there was no sex allowed because it might lead to dancing. <laughs> and at other schools, they have a little bit of a different experience. So. What's normal to me was completely foreign to somebody else. Does that mean it was wrong? Does that mean it was a broken way? Or because it was totally fine to me and I judged people who thought differently. And there's people who do it completely different. They probably judged how I viewed the world at, at that time. So, so we're all operating with what we think is normal. But it's all just a BS perception that we've made up in our mind based on our surroundings. So we can change that by changing the inputs and the people that we hang out with. Hmm. So earlier you mentioned that uh, you're kind of the oddball in a family with this sort of entrepreneurial DNA, uh, the, with a sort of burning desire to rebel and, and do something different. And the question I have is, do you think that that is inherently built into certain people or do you think that behavior can be learned? I don't consider myself wise enough to, to speculate. Um, I, it, but but I, I think it's some capacity it can be learned. But I've noticed trends in certain personalities. Like I am – I'm an entrepreneur. I, I can't imagine working for somebody else. And at the same time, I'm extremely health conscious and I tend to not believe the media stories of things. I'm, I'm a fairly – skeptical person of what is mainstream. And I find that most of my entrepreneurial friends also have that skepticism, also have that, I guess, healthy skepticism of, of what most people perceive as normal. And then I have friends who, you know, still are active in their churches and still believe most of the things they were taught Growing up, they work nine to five jobs, and it's totally cool with them. That's how they want to live their life. That that's what they think is best for them, and they don't like. We don't argue. We but we have very different ideas of how our lives should be. So when I look at that, I I kind of think that there must be something in our wiring. But I do know people who have made radical changes. So I do I do think it can be learned. But just like I am never going to be a professional basketball player, but I'm a great copywriter and I have certain natural abilities. I think we all tend to have natural tendencies and I could probably learn to shoot three pointers. It would take me a lot of work and there's people who could learn to be entrepreneurs, but it's not really where they're wired to be. And so I think we have natural tendencies, but I think anything can be learned as well. That was like the, 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 the nicest way to completely avert answering the question directly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think there's a spectrum of this, right? You know, we had uh, Justine Musk here uh, talking about the psychology of visionaries a while back. Uh, and, you know, it, like 
and, and even my, my friend and mentor, Greg Hartle, he said, you know, there are certain people that from the moment they were born, they were destined to become who they become. And he's like Oprah, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk. And he said, and that is something that, you know, can't necessarily be learned. You're just born with that. But there's a spectrum to which you can develop those capacities, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's the case. I, I I might push back on the idea that some people are just, you know, they're destined to become who they become because I do think, I, I, I think we all have natural abilities that some people get the opportunity to fully express and some people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really believe in, in a defined destiny per, perhaps but, or per se, but I definitely think that we're, we're more wired for certain tendencies than others. Mm. So you mentioned that when you're young, you went through this period of going through an identity crisis and then having to rebuild your life after that. And I'd like to talk about how you rebuilt after an identity crisis and how people rebuild after an identity crisis in their own life. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't like a deep question or anything. No, not uh, at all. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I went through that, I think the, the, the biggest thing was being willing to let it all crumble down. And there are, and I have to stick with a religious example just because it was probably the hardest for me. But the, the religious example of, you know, if I concluded that I had been wrong, that what I had believed my whole life to be true was actually not true, then that would mean X, Y, and Z. That would mean X, my view in the world is, is wrong, Y, my meaning in the world is wrong, Z, where I'm going or what happens when I die may be wrong. And that's a tough pill to swallow, but I was willing to let the whole thing crumble so that I could find the truth regardless of what that meant. And I know plenty of other people who came from the same exact religious upbringing as I did who have the thought, I wonder if this isn't true, but the consequences of them being wrong or the consequences of believing something different are too painful for them to be willing to let it all crumble. So I think that keeps them from actually getting to the other end of the identity crisis. It's like they can't discover who they really are if they don't let it crumble. So they just don't find out who they are. If, they're not willing to do that. So by letting it crumble, it was really painful. But it gave me the space and the freedom to rebuild it and to play with different pieces of it. It's kind of like if the economy fails, you can either let it crumble and let the pieces put itself back together, or you can kind of artificially piece it together. And I would rather we just let the chips crumble so that we could all find our own way. And that's kind of how I felt during that time when I was going through this crisis and didn't know who I was. I, I had to let it all fall away so that I could piece it together and, and let it let, let myself rebuild. And I feel that way about every area of my life now. I'm, I'm willing to burn it to the ground so that I can build something better. I'm willing to burn everything to the ground so that I can discover a new way 
And that, in my opinion, has freed me up to freely control and build my life. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community. And that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. So talk to me about the actual rebuilding process and how one goes about it in their own life. I think everybody goes through it differently. The way I did it was probably hundreds of hours of journaling and 
a, a lot of time spent around people I respected and listening and reading and being brutally honest with myself about the stuff that I wasn't happy with or the stuff that I wanted to change. That seems so simple, but being really honest about who you are and what you don't like, that that ain't easy. It is not fun to uncover all of the junk in your life. I had the same counselor who told me I had mommy issues told me, you know, uh, what I'm what I'm offering you here is a red pill blue pill. If you take the blue pill, you can go on on meds and you can do some counseling and get back at it and you can look back at this and say, oh, "I was just being a wimp and I, I was going through a hard time, but I'm fine now." Or you can take this other pill and you're going to go down the rabbit hole of what really drives you and what's really going on in your life and you're not going to like what you see and it's going to be more painful than how you feel right now but at the end you're going to be a different person and I took that pill I just decided to go down the route of looking at my junk and being really honest about it and talking to other people about it and admitting to other people that I had junk and that was not at all a fun process and then for me, it was journaling a lot about that process and journaling a lot about things I wanted that I didn't feel like I could have or writing, writing letters to myself from the current state to the future, you know, reminding myself of lessons that I'm learning or, or writing myself letters from the future telling myself it was all going to be okay and just every time I had a creative or a happy thought anchoring that to pen and paper and and writing that down so that when I didn't feel clear I didn't feel happy I could come back and say this is this is what I reminded myself of when I was thinking really clearly and, and really happy so it was a slow climb out it was probably a year and a half or so before I really felt on top but there was a point at which, you know, there's a point at which I wasn't so sure I was, you know, I was going to make it. Like, I, I just felt like I had lost everything. And I'm so thankful for that time because as a result of that experience, I remember I was hiking in the woods once and we came to this point where we were hiking up this trail and there was a part where it was dangerous and it was like, you know, if you're not a risk taker, don't don't go on to this point. And I was like, screw it. I didn't even want to live four months ago. I'm climbing this freaking summit. And so I, I climbed this hill and it was an exhilarating experience because you realize every minute's a gift and you don't know when it's going to go away. And that's a beautiful, beautiful experience. And I'm so glad that I got that early in life because I could carry it through. So I don't know how everybody else's experience is in that self-discovery process, but that's what mine looked like. Wow. Uh, that was amazing. Thanks. So you mentioned at 22 that you failed with a business and I'd like to hear about that in more detail. Uh, I want to talk about, you know, one, what led to the failure, what the lessons were that you learned from it. And more importantly, how do we learn from our past by not, and at the same time, not be held captive by it? 
I, I put about $100,000 into a bit business project that dried up, meaning it went away. I invested it poorly. And I had a, a, like almost a, a secondary business crisis because – or a secondary identity crisis. But this time it was centered around business because all of a sudden it was like, am I not – like am I not the person I thought I was? Am I not a success like I thought I was? And so I, I lost the money. I gained some experiences and I beat myself up pretty good over it for quite some time. I don't have that problem anymore. Meaning I don't feel the need to beat myself up over failures anymore. And the reason I don't feel that way is because I realize that I'm separate from my businesses. I'm separate from my relationships. I'm separate from my body. There are certain things that don't reflect who you are. They're just pieces that you work on that are – they don't have anything to do with your self-worth or, or your, your personhood. They just have they're – just, they're just results that you can either improve or walk away from. And that's how I feel about business now, which is a very freeing thought for me because now I can just work on something outside of myself and treat it like a project. I'm not tied to the results so much. So when we look at you know, how do we learn from the past but not be defined by it, I look at that the same way that I operate in my businesses. You know, I, I use lessons that I gained from business failures in order to make different decisions that are better in the future. Why, why is that easy but when it comes to relationships, we can't make a, the same distinction? In relationships, we tend to view them as successful, meaning they lasted forever and we never fought. We had beautiful kids and we died holding hands an hour apart from one another. And failure, everything short of that. Whereas I like to view it as there were certain experiences. I'm going to make different decisions based on those past experiences in order to hopefully give me a better result in the future. And if I'm wrong, I have another lesson that I can apply later. And I get that from having similar experiences in business where I've had certain things I've tried and they didn't go so well. So I learn from that and I apply it differently later. And I've had certain things go really well and I go all in on those ideas and those projects. Same is true in relationships or fitness. I, I, you know, I, I recently, I've had uh, stomach problems my entire life um, since I was, my mom, my mom says I had pooping problems since I, since I was a baby. So I, I've had digestion and some problems for 20 plus years. And I tried a whole bunch of things that didn't give me any relief or, or positive result. And I just recently found something that you know, I feel about 90% better on a, con- on a consistent basis. And, and following a certain protocol, I feel about 90% of, of how I think I should feel. And I think a lot of people go into a situation like that and they, and they simply approach it like nothing has worked and nothing will ever work and this is a failure and this is a failure and so I'm going to resort to whatever is easiest. And whether it's body or relationships or business, I more take the approach of I've tried a lot of things that didn't work so I'm closer to what will give me the result that I want. And I'm like 90% of the way there right now, and I'll keep refining until I'm 100%. 
Um, so I think that's how we use the past without being defined by it. We're only defined by the things that we decide to be defined by, by how our past controls us based on how we use that to operate, make decisions forward. And you can either be empowered by that or you can unconsciously let the, the pain of the past prevent you from doing anything forward thinking. So how do you learn to separate your sense of self from all the things that you want to accomplish in your life? And I ask this question because I have very much personally dealt with this where I've seen extreme highs and extreme lows. It's like, hey, I got a book deal. And, you know, (laughs) but I've also finally started to figure out it's like the highs and lows come and go. And I realized that a big amount of what's causing those highs and lows is that my sense of self was very much tied to a lot of these results. And, you know, like I listened to you say that and I'm like, that sounds lovely. Easier said than done. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm curious how you learn to start developing that capacity, which I realize is a massive question that might require like six hours in therapy with the two of us, <laughs> but I expect an answer. <laughs> so I had a big aha moment for this several years ago. I, as a result of going through difficult times, I have learned to separate myself from pain, meaning I have learned to separate my identity or my ego from negative results. But I was actually at Landmark Forum mm-hmm. about four years ago, and they were doing their diagram where they show, they draw a circle on the board and they say, this is what happened. Uh-huh. Then they draw another circle on the board and they say, this is the story of, that you make of, of what happened. And the, the pain comes in when you confuse the story as what actually happened. And I was like, oh, that's, like a, that's a cool distinction. Yeah, I already know this. Move on. <laughs> and I, the assignment that night, and if you've ever been to Landmark, yep. they make you promise to do the assignment so I promised I would do the assignment, and the assignment was to go home and call somebody who knew you were at Landmark and to review something you learned or something. So I called a friend of mine, the person who recommended I go to Landmark, and, I, and, and she said, you know, how's it going for you? And I was like, to be honest with you, I'm a little disappointed. And she said, why is that? And I was like, well, I mean, I feel like it was like a, a good review today of, of things I already know in practice. And we talked about the story and interpreting the story as what actually happened, and, and I said, her name was Danielle, and I said, Danielle, to be honest with you, you know, I, I kind of feel like when things are going poorly, I'm pretty good at separating the story from what actually happened. And she said, what about when things are going really well? And I said, huh? <laughs> and she said, the only reason why you experience disappointment in the first place is because you create a story about what you think is going on when you perceive things as going really well. And I went, whoa. It had never occurred to me. It's kind of natural for me when things are going poorly for me to separate myself from the story. But it had never occurred to me that I'm also creating a story about it when I think things are going well. Now, what's, what is thing, what's going well? You know, well, how do we define that? It's a story in your brain. It's a comparison to something else. What about when things are going really poorly? It's the same thing. So I never realized that I was creating a story about 
what was going well. So you got a book deal. Is that good or bad? Who, who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. There is no good or bad. There's just an opportunity that showed up and you could choose it or you could not choose it. So when we have an emotional reaction that's ego-based, it, it was easy for me to say, oh, it's my ego that's hurt. Things are going bad. But when things are going good, it's not my ego. It's what's true. And then you feel you have the truth sets in and you feel disappointment because it doesn't match the story. So from that experience, I learned there is no positive or negative. There's just what is. And my interpretations are what drive it. So if there's ever pain, I know it's my interpretation and I can be aware of that and choose to focus on a different interpretation or at least separate myself from the thick of the emotion that comes in viscerally and I can you know, kind of separate myself from that in time, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, that was uh, poetic and profound. Thanks. So let's talk about this idea of freedom uh, and you know what it means because you know, really what stood out to me in the beginning part of our conversation is that you said, you know, we can take our lives and make of them what we see fit. And it's funny, it's almost like we were meant to have this conversation because I feel that a lot of the things that I've been seeing roll through my feed and medium have been about, you know, just because the unicorns are what are written about and raising hundreds of millions of dollars is what gets you in the media. It doesn't mean what you should do. There's this amazing essay that uh, David Honeymare Hansen, the creator of Basecamp, wrote called Reconsider. Uh, and I'll link it up for anybody listening to the show notes. And it was just brilliant, but it, it, it seems so relevant to what uh, you were saying about freedom. And I, I'd love to hear you talk about you know, how you define freedom, how other people figure out what it means for them, and how that translates into what we build. Yeah, I, I, I like to say that Freedom is an empty concept, and that sounds real negative, but what I mean by that is freedom is kind of like an empty room. You, know, we, you can clear out the stuff you don't like, but it doesn't matter until you refill it with something you do like. And we talk a lot about being free from the pain or the things that hold us back. I want to be free from this job. I want to be free from oppression. I want to be I want I think we should free the people in this country who have a an oppressive dictator. I want to be free from financial hardship. I want to free free from this disease. So it's easy to identify the pain points that we want to be free from. But just being free from that thing creates a vacuum. It's kind of like the prisoner who's in a cell who dreams of being free from the oppressive guard, free from the confines of the cell. He dreams of being free. But we know, I mean, we have studied and we can test that most prisoners are less happy when they leave prison than when they were they, when they were stuck in the confines of the cell. Because there's not a free two. There's not... What, what are we growing into once we have this vacuum? I think one of the great tragedies of the world is we have this idea of we identify the pain points we want to be free from, and then we get it, but we have no idea what to do with it because we haven't identified a clear path of what we're growing into. That's not freedom. So just the elimination of pain, just the elimination of struggle, that ain't freedom. You ain't free until you marry that. 
to an uh, to what we're growing towards of what we are growing into. So freedom is the space in which you can grow into whatever it is that you've defined for yourself. But we aren't free unless we are unless we have released the chains that have held us back and also have the ability to sprint toward what it is that we want to move into. So I say that freedom and growth are completely linked. They can't be separated because we, we are not free until we have decided on what we're moving towards. We've cut out the things that hold us back, expanding into those possibilities, investing for the future, and then operating from a place of giving out of our abundance. And until we've done those things, I don't think we're really free. I mean, we're not really free until we've clearly decided what it is that we're moving towards. Otherwise, we just have a lot of potential. But potential really sucks unless we're moving towards it. It's kind of like if you clear out old furniture from a room, it's not enough to sit in an empty room and look at blank walls and sit on on a hard floor. That doesn't really do much for you. It's not until you actually make a decision of what to put in there that you actually can enjoy it. So that that's how I think of freedom. Okay, so uh, two last questions for you. Uh, one is around money and how your internal narrative around money uh, has shifted and changed over time and where you see people blocked when it comes to this. Where I see people blocked from this is when people don't recognize that they're, they're compensated for the value they bring rather than the time they put into something. Even in today's world that has open markets and the internet and access to information, there's still a, a long thread of people operating as if they are compensated for their time or their effort. I worked so hard on this is like a common phrase you'll hear in nonsense. No one cares. In the marketplace, it doesn't matter how hard you worked on something. What matters is the value that somebody else puts on that. That, That's how it operates. And and I think one of the great tragedies of of our current world is, is that that's a bad thing, that we shouldn't be forced to serve one another. We should just be compensated for how hard people work. And I think that's a problem. And I think that's a really selfish way that a lot of people view the world. So I think when you recognize and you take control and ownership of the fact that, for better or worse, no matter what, you are indeed compensated for the value that you provide. So you can either enhance that value or you can sit back and just pretend that uh, you're owed something. I think that's what determines people who take control of their financial future or those who are controlled by other people's definition of their financial future. As for me and what I've discovered, I've discovered, I, I believe and and, and I operate by this, that money is like the sunshine. There's enough for everybody. And everybody can go out and sunbathe and get as burnt as they want. And it doesn't restrict somebody else's ability from doing the same. In fact, it might make it easier because you're going to turn around and say, dude, 
It's really nice out. Come hang out by the pool. And I, I believe that wealth is the same way, that there's enough for everybody, that there's a growing amount, not a shrinking amount, and that somebody else becoming successful actually can make it easier for you to also be successful. A, because they can show you the way, and B, because they've provided a whole bunch of value that you can then build off of because there's no limit to value. If you have a thing that I want and we trade something, I trade some dollars for the thing I want, we both think we got more value, so there's unlimited value because we can create as much value as we want because value is a perception. So I, I believe that that's the case and I believe that since money follows value, since if we can focus on value contribution, then I think everybody becomes better off as a result. Hmm. All right. So one last question for you, uh, which is how we close all our interviews at the unmistakable creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Hmm. I think the thing that makes somebody unmistakable is when they can truly operate with who they fully are. And they're not held back by the perceptions that they have of other people's perceptions. So in, in my life, I spent many years doing what I thought was required of me by other people or worrying about how what I did would be perceived by other people. And all that ever did was make me feel unhappy and like I was a slave to everybody else. It wasn't until I was okay being who I was that I felt like I could really be fully alive and fully present in my life. That's how I would define being unmistakable. Hmm. Ryan, uh, this has been really thought-provoking and eye-opening and uh, i really appreciate uh one your willingness to answer such deep and difficult <laughs> questions uh and you know coming and sharing your insights and your journey and your story with our listeners of course thanks so much for having me yeah my pleasure and for everybody listening we will wrap the show with that if you like what you heard the greatest compliment you could give us is to share the show with a friend and let people know what you think by leaving a review on itunes thanks for listening to the unmistakable creative deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.